Hey everyone, it's Darian Simone Harvin here with the Am I Allowed to Like Anything podcast. And this week I have Ty Bachamp with me as a guest. I got to know Ty through her work as a beauty editor at Seventeen Magazine, O Magazine, and also the Oprah Magazine. Uh, She's had an amazing career, really using fashion to empower women, and now she's a style ambassador for InStyle and the founder of The Ty Life, which is a new platform that's really an extension of who I believe she is, um, you know, empowering women through beauty, fashion, and culture. Something I loved about my conversation with Ty, I was learning new things in real time as she was talking and I kind of couldn't handle it. Uh, So enjoy. Remember that you can subscribe and rate Am I Allowed to Like Anything on iTunes and tweet your thoughts on the conversation using the hashtag A-I-A-T-L-A. So I'm sure that you remember speaking at the Women in Entertainment Empowerment Network, Ween Academy graduation in like 2012. The summer of 2012. I do remember. Okay, so I don't know if you remember what you talked about, but you gave us, I was a part of that class, and and you gave us all like a transcript of your speech, and I still have it to this day. <laughs> was yes. it good? It was so good. Send it back so I can recycle I, it. Then. Oh my gosh, I will. I know. Seriously, I'm sure you have it like on a computer someplace. But uh, it, I just thought it you, was. Dorian. You're welcome. I just thought it was so good how like we to actually have it and to remember in that way is something that you don't even get that at commencement speeches, like oh, at graduation speeches. Thank you. Well. Um, Wow, two, 2012, you said? Yeah, well, wait. Yeah, 2012. 2012. Yeah, so, um, and I apologize for my voice. I don't typically sound this sexy. That's okay. And this hot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, no, that's great. I um, I celebrate Ween. It's so funny. I was just talking about Valicia and Christy and those ladies today. I've had a relationship with uh, Christy and Valicia for many years. Mm. Christy actually used to be my assistant a hundred years ago when wow. I was in magazines at what was pre-Suede and then she came back and worked on my team when I became the editor at Vibe Vixen and Ween was born out of um, a conversation that Christy facilitated for Vibe Vixen um, when Don Imus had um, made the comment uh, about the Rutgers women's basketball team calling them nappy-headed. Yes, oh my and gosh. And so that was how Ween was born. And we did it exactly. So um, I am, you know, I get chills when I meet young girls and young people from Ween because I remember what was the impetus for that. And yes, I absolutely <clears throat> love Christine. I I haven't seen her in so long, but she's someone who I feel like when you meet her, she's so dynamic. She sticks with you. Yeah. Um, she's just always doing amazing work. That's so, my girl. Yes, that's my girl. So I, you know, I know Renisha very well. And I say, I really want to have time. My podcast, she's so positive. Like she has, I know that she has such a great outlook on life and you've worked in editorial, you worked with magazines. And I just even remember your story of like how you really fast tracked to becoming a beauty editor. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
what I love about your brand with Unbeauty is yes, you've worked with all of these successful brands and magazines and you've been a part of these huge media platforms, but you have always had your own brand, which I think is really oh, important. Thank you. Welcome. And that brand to me in an industry that can be very cynical and cutthroat, uh, you you use fashion to empower people in general, men, women, um, and just to like have a positive outlook in life. And I felt like during times where you could have been negative or you could have you could have kind of used your voice and your brand and, and maybe even just to gain money to do like, you know, just like jobs that maybe didn't mean that much to you. You kind of have stuck, you've kind of stuck to your guns. And so I kind of just want to know how has that served you? Like, you mm. know, what, what has that been like for you? That's a good question. Um, first, let me say, I don't believe I have a brand yet. Okay. I believe that I am... Um, I'm really trying to be purpose and mission-led. I think that the idea of brand and people being brands and their own brands is completely overused. I agree. <laughs> I, I actually, you know, I, I believe Oprah's a brand. I believe that Ariana Huffington is a brand. Um, Verizon, Prudential, you know, P&G, Shea Moisture, all of those are brands. But I think what we as human beings have to focus on first before we expand um, our voice and our reach, because that's ultimately what a brand is. It mm -hmm. has a large platform for connecting with audiences. You have to refine first your own identity, your own vision, your own mission, and your own purpose. Um, so I like to believe that I'm purpose-led and focused. Um, but thank you for the compliment. I think that I'm in the process of building a brand. Okay. Um, and there are things happening to support that, which I'm really excited about, including the thailife.com. I'll start work on a book um, at the top of the year. I also am working on um, uh, a project in California that I'm not talking about very much. Um, and then obviously I continue to do TV. So there is a brand opportunity and it's growing. Mm -hmm. But to answer your question, Dorian, about um, staying focused on empowerment, is I, I, I can recall very specifically moments very early in my career when I had questions not only about me, but the people that were around me. And I remember specifically being in the magazine space and one, being in publishing and in mainstream publishing at the time, mm -hmm. you know, uh, when I was interning at Harper's Bazaar or when I was at O Magazine, um, and other places like that when, not at O in particular, inside the magazine, mm -hmm. but when you're surrounded by people um, who may not necessarily seemingly have the depth that you want. And I always just felt like, this doesn't feel like me. And any of those moments when it didn't feel like me, I either um, retreated or I convinced myself to be me. Mm. Now, I was young then, so I was 22 when I started. I mean, when I was at Harper's Bazaar, I think I was 20 or 21. So I was very young then. But over time, what happens is that you become clearer and clearer about who you are. And there was an aha moment when I was the beauty director at 17. Um, <clears throat> and that was a role I had taken on when I was 25. And so around the time I was 26, I was really haggard and broke down and over lipstick. And I was like, I don't care. I just need something that's going to be meaningful. Yeah. Um, I come from a family of educators. Um, I was born in Newark, New Jersey, raised outside of Newark, New Jersey, and always had a connection to people. 
Um, I've had a mentor who supports a lot of young people, but a young girl came into my office and she told me that I changed her life by sending her to the dermatologist. And so when you talk about the empowerment piece, I didn't know at that very moment that I was empowering her, but I thought to myself, if I can change someone's life by speaking and helping them to feel better about themselves externally, I'm onto something, Yeah. right? But then I also thought a step further, if I could change someone's life in that way, what could I do for people who really needed life-changing kind of experiences? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think all of that has really kind of directed um, my desire to empower people. I also realized um, I had the good fortune of interviewing Oprah on a red carpet at an event about three years ago, and I hadn't seen her in 10 years. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if she would remember me. Right. And she totally remembered me. Yeah, don't you love that moment? Ah! <laughs> and it's like, yay, girl. Like, I mean, and, I mean, it was 100 years ago. She's like a tie, and she knew me. And she gave me the opportunity to ask her a lot more questions than any other person on the carpet did. And after I stepped away from interviewing Oprah, first she said something very powerful to me. I asked her, it was an Essence event, so I asked her why it was important to be there at that Essence event. They were honoring her at um, Black Women in Hollywood. And she said, because for us as women of color, but for anyone, there are three things that people want to know. They want to know that I see you, I hear you, and what you say matters to me. Yes. And right. she said this before. She said this, I want to say, like Heart Arts, Stanford Business School or something. And that is what I say to people sometimes. I'm like, I just want you to know that like, I hear you and I see you. But continue. How powerful is that? Yeah, right? it really is. That's what people really want. That's what people want. And so after having that moment, because I must say when I worked at O Magazine, I was, I was fresh out of school, so I wasn't like a super O fanatic. I, was, I wasn't trying to live my best life at 22. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't. Yeah. I was, you know, would have been happier in a club. Yeah. But um, I realized then after interviewing Oprah in that format mm-hmm. that had I started my career anywhere else, I would not have cared as much about people. Wow. Right? Because it was that environment yeah. where... We had to do everything from the point of view of the consumer. When people wrote to me at O Magazine, I called them back. I picked up the phone and called them. Right. And that was just a part of the the culture because yeah. that's what Oprah believes. And so um, I think it's kind of in my DNA from my family and my upbringing um, to those experiences that really taught me that the only way you're going to advance people and help people move forward on their own is by empowering them to do so. So, yeah, and I kind of want to go back to something that you mentioned because I think it's really important and um, something that I feel like I practice too, or at least I'm getting into the practice of, is when you are starting to understand who you are, what you like, and when you don't like, it's okay to either, one, decide to step away from something, or two, figure out what you need to do to make it your own. Like, if this is your circumstance for now, then either make it work and, and look for something that's an exit plan. But I feel like, particularly when when you're in your 20s, it's almost like you've got to stick it out, you've, you've really got to pay your dues, and that's something that like I, I absolutely know and understand. But also it's like, when you don't, when, it, when it's not in your heart, it's okay to like step away. Absolutely, I think, I think it's okay to step away, but I think it's also important to understand why you're there, why you are where you are, mm. right? And to have perspective around that because stepping away sometimes can move you away from your blessing. Yeah, oh, that's true right? too. Mm-hmm. So 
every every you know kind of like door that narrows isn't necessarily a closed door that can either be the opportunity to push it open mm -hmm. or to close it and go on the other side so you have to know um really what that purpose is and um what i will say <clears throat> and renisha who you know is one of my mentees yes. who I've known and I adore. She wrote this article for um, my site, thetylife.com, about millennials. And you know, everything it isn't always perfect. You know, I also say to some young people who think that they're supposed, everyone wants to be an actress, everyone wants to be a TV personality, everyone wants to, the, and I'm like, that may be part of what you're passionate about doing, but that may or may not be your purpose. Mm -hmm. So like for me, because my purpose is to empower women, I do it through fashion and style and lifestyle and entertainment because that's my skill set and my talent. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to utilize my skill set and my talent to support my purpose. But if I didn't have that skill set or that talent, or if it weren't readily available to me, I'd be happy back in Newark empowering women. Yeah, You know what I mean? So yeah, I think sometimes you have to know when to step away, but you also have to be able to discern um, and distill really what is what is for you. Um, and that's hard. That's where I feel like age comes into play because, yeah. you know, it takes experience to know what will be for, what is meant for you and what isn't. That, I think that age part is, re is really hard. For mm -hmm. you, do you remember a time where maybe like a light switched or maybe when you did transition into really understanding I, I don't yeah, know yeah yeah like, totally there were oh there were so many light switch moments and i must say that the light switches don't stop because mm -hmm. you want to keep evolving right i pray another light switch comes i'll be 38 <laughs> in january damn another light switch better show up okay yeah. there was one light switch moment when i was 26 and i was at 17 there, when the young girl, when Caroline O was her name from San Francisco, she was a student at uh, FIT, said to me that I changed her life by sending her to the dermatologist. Mm -hmm. That was one light switch. Mm -hmm. There was another light switch moment when I was 28 when my grandmother fell and broke her neck and I became a caregiver. Talk about that, because I think that's that's really important. And even I feel this way now, it's like we're living in New York City, and sometimes I feel like I live this detached life, like there are people around you all of the time, but it's like, you know, then your family needs help, somebody's sick, and it's mm -hmm. like, are you, gonna, are you gonna be that person who's like, this is what's important to me right now? Well, I think, I think you make two points that are really important. I'm gonna go on the first one, that's just smaller. Living a detached life, whether or not your family is here or not, is a choice that you make. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I think no matter where you are, whether or not it's your family that you are attached to or feel detached from, you have to figure out a way to attach yourself to something that's whole and substantive, right? And so <clears throat> the family um, is, is, is slightly metaphoric for any, any people, any experiences in your life that you need to attach to that are gonna nurture you. Mm because that's what family does, right? So that's the first point okay. about detachment, whether or not it's family responsibility or not. When you get to a point and you do have family responsibility, I did, I, it was a light switch moment. I mean, at that point, I was poised to be doing more stuff in media. I was poised to make uh, a stronger transition into TV then, and I decided not to because I wanted to be there to take care of my grandmother. Gotcha. Um, another light switch moment has come more, more recently, you know, uh, when I decided to freeze my eggs three years ago yes. at 35. 
Um, another light switch moment is coming now where my grandmother, thank God, is still here with us physically. But, um, and my mother and I take care of her together. And my mother's amazing because my mother is the share, uh, you know, the primary caregiver because I travel so much. Right. Um, but the light switch moment is like, my grandmother is almost 90 and I am 37. If I do the math about where I need to invest time and energy, it's still in my life. Mm -hmm. So there's another light switch moment that if I need to go live my life, I need to go do that. Yeah. So to your point of light switch moments, they come all the time. Mm -hmm. To the point of being attached and detached is that I think what we have to do, no matter where you are, whether or not your family is physically with you or if you have substitutes, is that you have to be attached to something mm -hmm. spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, psychologically, so that way you have people in your community who are also nurturing you. Okay. I actually, one of the questions that I have and what I really wanted to talk <clears throat> about was when you decided to, to freeze your eggs, like you talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, that was something that I noticed because, you know, we, we hear about women freezing their eggs and, and you'll have to at least tell me if, if this has been your experience or, or not your experience in terms of at least what you hear. But I don't, I, I hear a lot of white women talking about freezing their eggs, but women of color, I don't really hear about it as much. And that's mm -hmm. not to say that they're, that they're, that they're not doing mm -hmm. it, but I, I feel like you are a woman of color who has stepped up and, you, and you've really talked about it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I wanted to know why was that important for you? It's okay. So good question. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I am, I am the most private person. Like I, like I don't, People have asked me if I did a dating show years ago. I will not do another dating show at this point <laughs> in my life. I'm very private in the sense of what needs to be behind closed doors. But I'm also a believer that if there's something I can share that other people can learn from, I want to do that. So I think it's really important. It was really important for me to share that story because one, <clears throat> I did want our community to know what our options are. But even more important, I wanted young women like yourself who in their mid-20s mm -hmm. are thinking only about your career because that's what we're conditioned to do. Yeah, especially in New York City. In New York City and just, just I think, African-American and minority and Latina as well because our parents are typically, you know, one or two generations of college educated and so if they have it or they don't, it, it's like for women of color, it's like we're told our way to prominence, our way to quote unquote success, which I don't believe in, mm -hmm. is through education. So we're powered to go get that C-suite, get, get that degree, get that second degree, and right. you get that job and you get that corner office. Our families typically, and I speak generally, are not saying to us, oh, so where's the husband, yeah. right? And it's not that you need a husband. I mean, girl, if you like girls, whatever it is, right. whatever your mate is, what I want younger women to start to think about is their life holistically sooner. So that means your personal life, that means your financial life, which I'm learning. Mm -hmm. um, that means your, your professional life, that means your spiritual self. Anything that you wanna return on, you have to invest in because that partner is not gonna magically appear. The same way that your job didn't magically appear. Right. The same way that your friendship, so, and I, but we don't say that. Right. You know, I, I think everyone, you know, in our mind, we still are like kind of like, um, enamored by the, the, the princess story. Yeah. I, I think that we are too. So it was, so, so really it was about promoting like just 
the idea of a, of a 360 life. Like it's not just about your career. It's about your it's about your well being as a person. Absolutely, and also making making choices and knowing what the options are. So, um, I mean, I'm here because I made decisions to be here. Right. And I um. And I wanted to do something about it. So if you can. You know, we, we are super control women, usually. Yeah. Like, so the things that you can take control over, you take control over. But I want there to be a different level of consciousness for young women about their reproductive health and their lives and what they want, ultimately. Okay. So there must have been another light switch when you decided to start the Thai Life. Yes. And I want Ugh. to know, <laughs> I want to know, you know, as someone who, you know, you, you work for, for, for someone, at least for, you know, for a large portion of your life. And so for you, when was the light switch? And you were like, okay, I'm going to start my own platform. Um, I must tell you, I was not super enthusiastic about doing this. <laughs> um, um, but I, I realized, you know, everyone would ask me, and I've been really fortunate. I worked kind of in the reverse, you know, like now in this landscape of everyone having a blog or a site or a product or something, I worked in reverse because I became a spokesperson for brands without my own platform. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that, you know, the truth of the matter is that those brands ultimately still own that. And so if I am creating a following and I have a message to share. I need a platform to share it on. Um, I am excited about the Thai life. I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about this other project. Excuse me. I'm excited about this other project. Um, but I will tell you, like, I I think I forgot that I wasn't because I'm an editor and a writer. Mm -hmm. I approach this whole content thing from a different standpoint. I see. And so I feel like I'm back putting together magazines and I'm like ah but you know what I feel like that might end up helping you yeah no seriously <laughs> listen to me listen to me I I'm tired that. already because it's like I I mean even just working on hardcover which was obviously like a like a physical print magazine I do feel like people love that editorial feel yeah even when it's online like even just the look or the feel of it mm. anything that could be transferred just from something that is more physical, mm -hmm. I think is awesome. So I think that having experience in that will be great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited about the Thai life and um, I'm excited about, you know, the growth of, I mean, you know, m my mission is really to use lifestyle and style and those things that people are physically attracted to, to help them be empowered. Okay. So I want to talk about traveling because you get to do lots of traveling. I do travel a lot. And it's something that I love to do all the time. I was just telling you, I, I've been to Israel. It's a mm -hmm. place where I love. So I, I think my question is like, number one, how do you get to travel so much? And maybe like, what are a couple of your favorite places? But how did you kind of make it just a part of your life? You know, it's not like you're... You you go you like you travel all the time. I, well, I do. I mean, so one of my one of my roles is I work within Style as their style ambassador, mm -hmm. and what that job has me do is represent the magazine in the marketplace with consumers interfacing with consumers. That's mostly here in the states, um, but I probably travel for In Style at least once a month minimum. Um, so that's one way I travel. Then I'm really fortunate. I have friends that live everywhere. Yeah. And I am not opposing because I have, uh, you know, the luxury of being able to set my own schedule. If I'm not shooting or working or something like that, I can decide to take two days off or work remotely. And going to Europe is easier for me than going to LA even. Yeah. Um, so um, do that. And then I plan really great girls trips. Like even 
you know, um, the trip to Israel I went on with my girlfriends. Um, I went to Turkey with my girlfriends, and then I went back to Turkey um, with another friend. And yeah, so it's just, it's what I, I'm, I actually have been very conscious, like, I haven't purchased property yet because I'm thinking that I'm going to wait to purchase property when I find my partner. Um, so travel is one of the things that I invest in and, do, I, yeah. and I put money into because um, it's also freedom for me. Um, there's a different level of access that you get in your mind, not just physical freedom, even though sometimes that's really good. but. Um, intellectual, psychological, and emotional freedom I feel when I'm away because I'm not at home answering, you know, calls or answering emails or manage my team of five people. You know, I we would typically be in my office if I weren't sick today. So, you know, there are those freedoms and I love traveling. That's one thing I would encourage. Um, I imagine most of your listeners are women, mm -hmm. young women. Try to build into your schedule and into your budget. Um, so the same way that you have a Christmas fund, right, where you set aside, set aside money for Christmas, monthly establish a savings program where you're saving just for travel. So if it's $50, $75 a month, so that every year you can take a trip. And one of the things I've learned is that if your girlfriends will not go with you, you figure out a way to go somewhere that you feel comfortable going by yourself. Okay. Um, I'm going to Bali in February. Are you? Yes. Have you ever been? I before? haven't been to Bali, but we're thinking about going to Cambodia and uh, Maldives and Vietnam. Yeah, we're, we're debating about Vietnam because we've heard some mixed things in in March. I'm I'm super excited. The great thing is that like, who are you going with? I'm going actually with Travel Noir. Oh, you are! Yeah. I, I love Zim. So, oh my gosh, I love Zim too. Yeah. She's, she's super awesome. I. It's, so you're doing one of their package trips? Yeah, I'm doing one of their package Good. trips. It's so funny. I met Zim because I actually live around the corner. I live in Brooklyn. I live around the corner from um, like one of her team members. Like oh, who, wow. And then one day we were like both working together and Zim was there and we all just like had a good time. It was lots awesome. of fun. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm super, I I'm like super Zim. excited about that. Yeah, she's awesome. awesome. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> Love too. seeing what she's doing. She's Love such it. a visionary. Yes, yeah, she is. Yes, yeah, she is. Um, okay, so I have this segment in my podcast and it's mm -hmm. called the Plus One Segment. Okay. And this is your kind of your chance to give a shout out. You can be a person, a place, a thing, an experience, anything that you just appreciate. It could be uh, something you want other people to know about that makes your life your life easier. Hmm. It could be a person. Oh my god, that's such a hard one. Plus one. Let's think. Wait, 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 wait a minute. It's coming. Uh <laughs> Okay. Plus one, meditation. That is a, an amazing one. Yeah, because actually that's how I'm able to, to keep my own singular sanity. <laughs> it's by having that plus one. So I would say meditation. Do you like meditate in the morning? Like how did you get into meditating? Oh my gosh. Um, <clears throat> so I actually learned to meditate. I practiced something called transcendental meditation. Mm -hmm. And I have a friend of mine who was a teacher who... It was a five-day course, a four-day course, and I sat and learned to meditate. Um, and I try and do it two times a day. I'm just getting back into my practice because I find when I move away from my practice, it's when I feel as most chaotic and crazy. Yeah. Um, but I try and do it two times a day, 20 minutes each. Awesome. 
okay. I like that plus one. Yeah, no, I like it too because it's just you get to talk about something. It puts you in a good mood to yeah. think about things you like. See? Yeah, you're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have one too. I always try to do one. So okay, two of them. So okay, you see my hair is like a little blonde. I like it. Thank you. So you have I, great hair. Thank you. I, okay, so I I grew my relaxer like a few years ago. Now it's all out, and I am literally amazed by my hair texture because I've been getting relaxer since I was like in third grade. Wow. So obviously like nothing against relaxers, but I literally going didn't, natural. Yeah, I didn't know I didn't truly know what my hair texture was yeah. like and I and I just love it. So I never colored my hair before. Um, my mom is actually, well, my mom used to be a hairstylist and we like tried to color my hair once before. It didn't really come out, but I wanted to do something like kind of cool with my hair. I knew I wanted to go blonde, but I also, as you can see, I have very dark hair. Mm. So I wanted to give a shout out to Rita Hazan who did my hair. Ah, and we love Rita. Yes, I was actually like, I went with no references and I was just like, I wanted to do blonde. I don't want to do it around my whole head. I just wanted to do it in places where it's like, if I swipe my yeah. hair or if I put it up. It's really cool. You see Turn it. around. Yeah, it's really, oh, yeah, right there in the front. And that's very cool. Right here too. Oh, that's very cool. So just a shout out to her because I felt like she spent a lot of care and attention to my hair. And I, and I love people like her who it's like, they could be doing somebody's nails, they could be doing somebody's hair, they could be designing clothes, they could be a scientist, but they are so passionate about what they do that they are complete creatives, like in Looks within good. their craft. So good shout, shout out. out to her. What's yeah. up, Rita? I know exactly. What's exactly. up, Rita? I'm gonna have to send this to her. <laughs> exactly, I'm gonna Rita. Send it to her assistant. But yes, thank you so much, Ty. You're welcome. I'm so sorry it took so long. I'm so happy we did this. I'm so happy. With you were such a breath of fresh air. Thank you. I I, I get it. so so excited when I see young women like really creating their own path. I'm trying, and I know it's not easy. Yeah, it's definitely a journey, and um, but it's exciting. It's exciting to see. Yeah, and there's so much to learn, and I'm learning a lot. So I'm appreciate. I'm appreciative. Thank you. You're yes, adorable. <laughs> Thank you. That's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Thank okay. you. We, we kept this super short, which is kind of the point. So awesome. Okay, good.